Last week, we kicked off a new sermon series called The Miracles of Christmas, where each week we're looking at a different miracle that took place uh, during those events leading to Christ's birth. Last week, we looked at the miracle that Mary experienced, uh, becoming pregnant with a child as a virgin, the miraculous conception, the baby conceived in her by the Holy Spirit. And we we focused in on, on the phrase that the angel told her, that nothing is impossible with God. And as we continue in this series and look at different stories and different characters, that, that's a theme that we're going to find that nothing is impossible with God. And this morning we're going to be looking at a, at a different character and, and the miracle that they experienced. And this character is, is Joseph. And many of you are familiar with Joseph, but, but the interesting thing about Joseph is we don't actually know a ton about him. There's not many references to him in the Gospels. Um, there's just a few here and there. And so some in church tradition, you might have seen this in a nativity, sometimes Joseph is depicted as an older man. And actually, some people believe that, that he, didn't, he didn't live very long into Jesus' life. Others see him as someone who was likely the age of Mary, probably a teenager when, when um, Jesus was born. And we find out, you know, a couple things here and there. We know that he was a carpenter. He worked with his hands and he worked with woods. We, we don't know a ton about Joseph, but we know one thing. We know that he was a man in need of a miracle. He was a man in need of a miracle. And we're going to look at Joseph's miracle that he experienced this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be in Matthew's account of the very first Christmas, and here's what we read in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And now, sometimes when we're, when we're reading here, we read that they were pledged to be married, or some translations like yours might say engaged, and we think about modern ideas of engagement. But, but engagement back then was a little bit different than it was now. Engagement back then was legally binding. They were pledged to be married to one another. That It was entered into before witnesses. And so it could only be broken by death or by divorce. And, and so when they were pledged to be married to one another, it, it was already legally in action that they were married. So it was a little different than it was now, but typically during this time of engagement, um, the woman, like Mary, would live with her father and mother, Joseph with his parents, and then after about a year, they would leave the father and mother, they would come together in a public ceremony, uh, they would have kind of the official marriage kickoff, and then they would consummate the marriage Together And so Mary and Joseph, they wouldn't have just been hanging out every day watching Netflix, you know, like a lot of engaged couples do now. They would have been living apart, not seeing each other a ton. And so you can just imagine when Joseph is separated from Mary that he's dreaming about their future life together. He's dreaming that, you know what, maybe one day we'll have a son who, who looks like me. You know, my son looks like me a little bit, and, and it's fun to kind of see that. And so maybe he had that in his mind. Okay, I'm going to have a son who looks like me. Or maybe he thought, you know, I want, I want a daughter who is as beautiful as Mary. So he's visioning his, his family, and maybe like a lot of young couples, he, 
they were like, okay, you know what? We, we'd love to have a house together to, to get out of our parents' places and have our own dwelling place and, and build our family and maybe have eventually multiple generations living together and playing. And he probably dreamed about having a workshop onto the house where he could, he could teach people stuff, maybe about vacations on the Sea of Galilee, laying under the stars, eating fish. I mean, he, he was probably dreaming about this future life that he and Mary have planned together. And when one day that they finally get to see each other again and Mary tells him the news. Mary says to him, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And now look, most of, most of you in here, I see you regularly. Look, you know how the story goes after this. But, but I want you to just put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Don't, don't rush past this, right? In this moment, Joseph hasn't seen Mary in a while, and she comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. And in that moment, he was probably confused a little bit, right? He was probably confused. He probably thought, well, I it's kind of wild because we, you know, we've been faithful. We've been faithful to God, to one another. Like, we haven't consummated our marriage yet. That, that doesn't make sense. How, how would you be, be pregnant? He was probably thinking about that. And, and then after a moment of confusion, it probably moved, let's be honest, to anger, to uncertainty, to a little indignation. I mean, I, look, growing up, I'll confess, I watched a little too much Jerry Springer growing up. I know how this usually plays out. I know how this usually plays out. And so you can imagine, he, he was anger, he, he, he was, felt humiliated, he dishonored, he didn't know what was going on, and he probably had the question, who is he, right? Who is the father? He, he, was, he was probably processing all of this stuff in his mind. I mean, just try to put yourself in his shoes, and as he is talking with Mary, and they're, they're trying to discuss all this, Mary, you know, she eventually has to tell him, well, look, Joseph, it's not what you think, okay? An angel came to me and said, I'm highly favored by God, I'm honored, I'm blessed, and that the Messiah is, is in me, he is this child who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I don't know if that just put Joseph at peace, I don't, I don't know if he, in that instant he just believed that and took her at her word because the angel hadn't visited him. The angel visited Mary and it's very likely that he thought, you know what, she's trying to, to hide her sin. She's made up a story to cover her shame. I mean, this would have been a terrible moment for Joseph when Mary says, I'm pregnant and the child isn't yours, fiancé. And in that moment, I bet Joseph's dreams that he had for his family, that, that he had been, been thinking about and focusing on, in that moment, those dreams were crushed. Those dreams were, were gone. No more was he dreaming about vacations with the family and their future together and their homes or anything like that. No, no, instead, he moved from hope-filled and dreaming to hopeless and dream-shattered. And he didn't know what the future held. He just took it all in. And he began to process it. And a lot of times we just quickly move, move past what Joseph is feeling and experiencing in this moment. But I, I don't want us to move too quickly past this tension in the story. And all of these emotions and broken dreams that Joseph was thinking about. And I want you to think for a moment about times in your life where you've kind of felt like he might have felt in that moment. 
where you had dreams, you had hopes, you had a plan, and they all just came crashing down. You were looking forward with excitement, and it, it just went away. And, it, you know, it could have been a, a phone call that one of your loved ones has passed away. Could have been a diagnosis. Could have been losing the job, a breakup, not getting on the sports team as, as a student, getting rejected. I mean, all of us have experienced what Joseph was feeling in that moment in different ways where, where our plans, our dreams, all of it is just dashed and we, we feel hopeless and like we really have no future. And, I mean, it is 2020, right? Like, this has been a season where that has happened over and over again. This has been a season of broken dreams and plans that haven't come to fruition. And I came across this week a, a, a photo essay that I thought illustrated this very, very poignantly, where in this article there was kind of photos for each month of the year. And so it started here, ringing in 2020 in Times Square. And there was a quote in the article that said this from a, a, a woman named Callie Kessler. Everyone was so hopeful and excited making proclamations that 2020 was going to be their year. It just seems like a horrible joke now. It seemed like we were ringing in a very special year, and we were. But Wow. So this is how things started. People were, you know, posting, I'm going to leave 2019 behind. It was terrible, 2020. And then we quickly moved to March. This is an image from the Bergamo region of Italy, where if you remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, cemeteries were filling up, morgues were filling up. There was nowhere to put the bodies as people died so quickly there. And then we had the summer months as our country was dealing with racial injustice and there were protests and mourning and so much anger and then we had the fires on the west coast destroying people's homes and, and, and whatever they had worked for in a moment then of course more recently the election and then this one is a little more lighthearted, but it, but it illustrates, you know, this is going to be a Christmas like no other most of us have experienced in our lifetime. I mean, this has been a, been a season of online funerals, weddings postponed, vacation cancellations, jobs lost. I mean, this has been a season and a year where a lot of people have lost hope. Their dreams have been shattered. That They just feel like, I don't know what the future holds. And so a lot of us, in some way, whether it's big or whether it's small, whether it's now or whether it's in the past, we can kind of relate to what Joseph might have been feeling in those moments when, when Mary said, Joseph, I'm pregnant and the child isn't yours. And, and an interesting verse, a lot of times we honestly kind of skip over, is the next verse, verse 19, where we read... How Joseph responded after processing and contemplating the, the story that Mary had told him. And here's what we find. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. He had thought about everything. The future family he envisioned. The story that Mary had told him. And he said, you know what? This is my plan of action. And, and what's interesting here is that actually Joseph in this moment, he responds with two fruits of the Spirit. We talked about these in the last series. He responds with faithfulness and with kindness. I mean, here Joseph, he's trying to be faithful to the law. And the law said that an engagement should be terminated in case of adultery. So that, that marriage was kept as a holy estate, as a holy union. That's what the law said. And, and so he said, look, I want to be faithful to God's law because I'm a faithful person. But I also want to be kind as this is happening. Because he knew that if he were to divorce her publicly, that he would have to go to court. She would be put on display. Her shame would be out there for everyone to see. That, that it would just become this, this big thing. Mary would be humiliated. And he didn't want that. He loved Mary. He wanted what was best for her, but he wanted to be faithful to law. So he was faithful and he was kind. He said, you know what? We're, we're going to do this quietly. We're not going to do it publicly in front of all the courts. I, I want to give Mary dignity as I do what God's law calls me to do. And so at the lowest moment of his life up to that point for Joseph, I mean, here's dreams are gone. Marriage, family are ending. At this lowest moment of his life, one of the things we see for Joseph is that actually his story wasn't over yet. At the lowest moment of his life, God does the miracle. God shows up. And so in verse 20, we find this. After Joseph had considered this, that is, divorcing her and made his plans, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. And when a man in the culture gave the child a name, the, man, the child was part of his family. So here it's saying, this son who is conceived by the Holy Spirit will be adopted into your family, into your lineage. Joseph, in verse 22, we find all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. You see, in that lowest moment of his life, Joseph, he, he had given up on his dreams. He had given up on this future. But I want you to see, God hadn't given up on him. 
God had a dream for his life that was greater than anything Joseph could have ever imagined or dreamt about for his future. God's dream for him was to be the earthly father of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Jesus, whose name means he will take away their sins. And Jesus, who was also known as Emmanuel, God with us. God chose Joseph to play a role in his story. And let me just say this, that, that a minor role in God's story is greater than being the author and the protagonist in our own story. Joseph was called to play this part in God's story. And a lot of times it's easy to think, okay, after this miracle took place, like we said last week, it, it, you know what, everything was good from there on out. But I'm sure even after he did what the angels said, it, it took faith for he and Mary I'm sure along the way they question, is this how we're supposed to raise this child? I think God messed up. I don't think we're supposed to be his parents. They, they didn't know how all of this was going to work out, how he was going to save people from their sins. They, did, they didn't know the future. All they knew is that God spoke to them and they needed to take the next step of faith. So that's what he did. He did what the angel commanded him to do. He, he took Mary as his wife he raised this son, and this son Jesus, he grew up to be someone who was kind, who was faithful, who was humble, who was loving, who was gentle, who was full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and full of the Holy Spirit. And I bet, I bet Joseph loved, I mean, if, if, you know, we don't know how long he lived, but if he did live during Jesus' ministry, I bet he loved watching Jesus spend time with people who were hopeless. I bet he loved that his son spent time with the down and out. People whose dreams had been crushed by society, crushed by injustice, crushed by their guilt, crushed by their shame. People who, who just felt like they had no future. Jesus was drawn to them and they were drawn to Jesus. Jesus gave them hope and, and, and through his life, death and resurrection, he became the hope of the world, as Joseph did what the angel commanded him to do, he had no idea that his son would be able to redeem every broken dream, every broken life, every hopeless situation that people placed in his hands. But that's what Joseph's son, Jesus, did. He gave hope to the world. And the good news for us today is that he continues to give hope to us and he is able to redeem everything that we place in his hands as well. You see, these stories in the Bible, they're not just things that happened back then or good events that happened in history. They're also good news for us today. And the good news for us today is that the God who met Joseph at the lowest moment of his life, the God who entered into our world in the person of Jesus Christ, the God who, who walked this earth and gave hope to the hopeless, the God who turned the cross an instrument for execution, the God who turned that instrument into an instrument of redemption, that God is still at work today. The God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive. He is at work and he wants to work in your life and in my life. And so I don't know if right now you're in a season, maybe, maybe this is a message that, 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 that's going to hit home six months from now. Maybe you've been going through that season where, where you've been feeling 
hopeless, where your dreams have, have just been pushed down, where you felt like you have no, no future. Maybe that's you this morning. For me, when that happens, a lot of times what it feels like is my life is like a chapter book. And when I become hopeless, it's like this chapter is the end. There's nothing left to be written. This is it. That's what it feels like for me. But, but what God is saying to us this morning is there is another chapter. This isn't the end for you. Because of the resurrection, the worst thing for you is never the last thing for you. And so maybe you've been praying for a miracle, praying for a sign, praying for an angel to come and visit for you. Maybe you've been praying for a word from, from God. Well, well, I'm here today as his humble messenger to say God's word says to you that he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's with us in every trial and every difficulty. He is the savior of the world. He is for us and he is saving us even now. He is the redeemer and because he is the redeemer of all things, your story isn't over yet. God has more for you. All we have to do is surrender those things, surrender our broken dreams, surrender our broken lives, surrender our difficult situations, hand those things over to him. And in the hands of our redeemer, he's able to use those things. He's able to transform those things. And ultimately, even though we can't see it and it's hard to understand, he can use those things for good. And he can use our situations for his glory if we'll simply hand them over to him. Our God is a redeeming God. And none of our stories are over yet, no matter what we've experienced in 2020. God has a dream for us and his dream for you and his dream for me is filled with faith. It's filled with hope and it's full of love. And so this morning, as, as, we, as we close together, I want to invite you to, to bow your heads and, and put, out, put out your hands in front of you. If you're at home, I'd love for you to do this. If you're driving, don't, don't do it. But if, if you're in a place where it's okay, put your hands out. And I want you to just, just think about the heartaches you've experienced the losses this year. The loved ones who have gone. Shattered dreams in your life. No matter how, how small they are. And I want you to just imagine just placing those in Jesus' hands. Placing those in His hands that bear wounds that have nails holes his hands that endured the cross but his hands that have also experienced healing because Jesus he wants he wants to take these things he wants to take them he wants to redeem them that's who he is and he wants to let you know this morning that, that he has more for you. This isn't the end. He has a place for you 
in his story. And so, Jesus, we come before you this morning and we are grateful. We're grateful that you're the hope of the world and we're not. We're grateful that you're the hope of the world and our politicians aren't. We're grateful that you are the hope of the world and that nothing is impossible for you. You are able to redeem all things and make beauty from ashes. And so God, we we hand over these things to you this morning and we pray that you would take them, that you would comfort us in our pain and in our brokenness. God, we pray that, that you would redeem these, transform them and transform us in the process and fill us with your Holy Spirit and fill us with hope, hope that can only come from you this morning. And we ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.